This is Popscast, Lakeview Christian Center's podcast for dads. I'm Nick Missios, coordinator of Lakeview's Pops Ministry. Every month I'll be sitting down with other dads discussing how we can better practically love and lead our families and talking through the highs and lows of what it means to be a dad. On this episode of the Popscast, I get to play the role of guest thanks to pastor and guest host Ronald Laitano. We talk about the importance of Sabbath, as well as some of the challenges and nuances that come with trying to celebrate it as a dad. We also talk about the value of read-aloud time with your kids in the evening as a means of connecting with them and serving your wife, as well as some good books that can get you started on that journey. So without further ado, here's the Popscast. Well, gentlemen, welcome to the LCC Popscast. My name is Ronald Laitano. I'm a pastor here at the church, and I am your guest host because, well, why am I the guest host again? Uh, you're the guest host so that I'm not the host and the guest. Uh, I'm Nick Missios. I am the coordinator of Pops, and I'm also uh, the usual host of the Popscast. But I know how much I hate when one guy just talks on a podcast for like an hour. Uh, there is a certain podcast that I actually search as with as the title of the episode. So I only find the ones that he's actually hosting other people. Um, Cause I just don't, if I want to hear somebody else talk to me, I'll, I'd rather listen to a book or something, you know? <laughs> uh, so I'm thankful to Ronald for taking over the reins and hosting and us having this conversation today. Sure. Fantastic. Well, let's get started. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk today about, about Sabbath, which we talked about at uh, our last pops meeting. Great conversation. Yeah. And uh, I didn't get a chance to beat your table. But I'd love to hear some of the thoughts that your guys had uh, we'll talk about some other dad-related stuff as well. Um, I guess I should start with my dad credentials, which I make other guys do whenever they're on the show. Uh, my name is Nick. Like I said, I'm married to Angel. Uh, we've been married for about 12 and a half years at this point. Uh, we have three kiddos. We have Evangeline, who is 10. Uh, Atticus is 8. Emmett is 4. We'll be 5 next month. Um, and we have a cat and a rabbit and a gecko. As a well, cat and a rabbit and a gecko. Do these animals have names? Uh, the cat is Pigeon. Uh, the rabbit is Rosemary, but I call her Karen because she's moody and has a Karen haircut. <laughs> and then the gexter, gexter is the gecko. That's Atticus's. Wonderful, okay. wonderful. Well, let me uh, pull out my uh, dad credentials. And uh, I'm Ronald, as I already mentioned, and I've got four kids. Uh, I have a ten-year-old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a one-year-old. Uh, and uh, I do not have a gecko nor a cat. I have a a dog uh, identifies as a rat, a little mini- miniature schnauzer, uh, and I've uh, been married to my wife for 13 years, and um, yeah, I think that qualifies me as a dad. Uh, now that we got the pleasantries out of the way, uh, the question we are all dying to have you answer for us, Nick, and that is re- related to Sabbath. We had a wonderful discussion on Sabbath the other um, Saturday, and here's what everyone's been asking me. They want to know, Nick, do you sleep with socks on, yes or no, and why? I don't. It weirds my, out my feet to sleep with socks on. I've I've read something that people actually technically sleep better with socks on, like statistically, um, but I don't sleep with socks on. It, I, I need my toes free. I don't like sweaty toes when I'm sleeping. <laughs> well, that is the only uh, uh, garment I will ask you about with whether you sleep with or not, but uh, onto more formal matters. So our conversation this past uh, um, meeting um, about Sabbath was rich. Uh, appreciate your uh, um, insight into it, bringing um, this this what what, what seems sometimes as kind of a an ethereal topic, something that's more theological and abstract. But um, it was it was immensely uh, practical. Um, and so, um, in my table, for example, we 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 had had a good discussion, just speaking about the value of of Sabbath, the the difficulty of practicing Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, we we as men are. 
um, particularly busy and um, energetic, and there's a lot that we want to do. And so um, the the Sabbath seems more than an inconvenience to us. It, it it's something that that by many can seem as this thing that gets in the way of actually doing what we are responsible to do. Um, so I'm 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 wondering some thoughts from you there. How how do you how do you engage with that idea that the Sabbath gets in the way of being a dad? Oh yeah, no. Um, so I'm not one of these guys that's like got the super hard drive to be at the office all the time. I'm not that guy. Uh, I, I'm not a workaholic in that sense. But I also have like things around the house that need to be done, and so it can be tricky for me to guard the Sabbath, knowing that. Um, I'm going to have projects that I need to get done on a Saturday that aren't going to get done necessarily. So this Saturday, for example, I changed the oil in my cars and I was going to dig up a garden bed and I only got about halfway through it. Uh, now I was fortunate. God preserved me in making it rain on Sunday pretty much all day. So I didn't have the option <laughs> of getting out there and digging some more. Um, but there are plenty of other things I would have liked to have gotten done on Sunday. Um, house projects specifically. That's kind of where I've felt the pinch of Sabbath most is, oh, I only have one day to get a bunch of things done that I want to get done. And especially as we've tried to put other things in place, like we've tried to put in like like parent-kid dates on the weekends. And those started to get sloppy for a while because, oh, well, let's just make it happen on Sunday. And so I've had to kind of reel them in and be like, all right, we're going to do the Saturday morning breakfast thing that we'll do with our kids, uh, one of us with one kid. Uh, and that helps to, again, preserve and, and put a fence around that Sabbath day so that we're not finding ourselves out being busy when we should be resting. What are some of the, the challenges that you have faced in observing the Sabbath? So, uh, I don't know about you, but one of the, there, there's a couple. One is that little kids don't know how to Sabbath very well, <laughs> right? So, and and it, and we only started doing this about a, a little over a year ago. So, I guess at this point in time, Emmett would have been three. Um, but he doesn't know very well that, hey, we're going to go take, you know, we're going to go take a nap or we're going to, you know, mom's napping, stay out here, you know, that kind of stuff he wouldn't really get. And so it's hard, you know, it's almost like one of you has to kind of be half on in parenting mode. You can't both just completely check out, especially when you have really little ones, you got babies, like babies crying over in the corner, you know, uh, you can't be like Sabbath, we'll be there in an hour, you know, whatever. <laughs> fend, fend for yourself. Uh, fend for yourself, little one. Um, so that's one one issue is that you have to manage those expectations of what Sabbath looks like for you on those days. Uh, the other is if you're like me, um, and not every dad is like me, and I'm not saying I'm better than other dads in this way, uh, but I'm the kind of guy who uh, my natural inclination is to take as much of a burden off of my wife as possible. So I kind of view myself and dad as the job. The job of the dad is taking away difficulty as much as you can absorb the difficulty in your family. And so... I'm the one who wants to do all the things so that she can have a completely restful Sabbath. And so I'll end up just working myself to the bone um, and not, not hard stuff, but like, you know, you stay on, I'll work, I'll make dinner, I'll wash dishes, I'll do the things I want you to have a good rest. And I think there's a good heart in that, but there's also, there's a failure to acknowledge my limitations as a person, the fact that mm. I need Sabbath as well. Uh, and it's, it's also probably a little overly kind of, uh, dismissing my wife's kind of desire to, to pitch in as well. Like just assuming that, oh, she just wants to sit around and do nothing all day when she's got some of those same instincts and she wants to care for me and for the family in the same way, you know? So balancing that out has been, has been tricky for me and just knowing when to say like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, you know, not because not spitefully or anything else, but just like, that's not my call right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, one of the things that, that came up in our in, in my table discussion was um, trying to understand uh, what role rest plays in Sabbath. And so um, hearing the guys talk, um, they it seemed to me that there was a confusion in my table uh, associating Sabbath with doing nothing. Yeah. So, so so Sabbath means so Ronald, are you guys asking us to like do nothing for three hours or do nothing for an entire day? And so so help us help, help us understand what rest means. Yeah. So I that's one of the reasons why I gave a I gave a much longer list of things to do on Sabbath than on things of things not to do. And one of them definitely is sleeping. Like sleeping is big. And if if you're like me, um, you probably have to wake up earlier than you'd like to most days of the week. Um, I'm out of bed, typically speaking, by five, and I don't really love doing that. And by the time Saturday and definitely Sunday roll around, um, it's time for me to rest, and it's time for me to sleep in, and you know, sleep till seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock. Uh, this past Sunday, my wife was awesome and got up and made pancakes for for Pancake Sunday. Uh, that probably won't happen this coming Sunday because it's Mother's Day. It better not. Um, <laughs> I'll fail yeah, miserably. Good, good man. Good man. Um, but just being able that extra sleeping in is important or taking a nap. If you're not the kind of guy who can sleep in, if your biological clock just wakes you up at five or six in the morning, take a nap. Like actually go and sleep. Like make your room as dark as possible and try to get some rest on a, on a Sunday. But I think there's a lot of other things that are there too. I think, um, you know, finding a good book to read. Um, even like, like I said, if you're not a, a family who watches a ton of TV, which we're not really, uh, finding a show you won't enjoy watching together and, and having some communal things there. Um, Playing games with your kids, uh, you know, even like I said, work to the extent of, of a hobby, that avocational work where it's not something I'm getting paid to do. And I'm doing something because it's creative and it gives me life to do it. And that's kind of like, that's my big rubric is, is it worshipful and does it bring life? And if, if I can hit those things with what I do, if I'm resting in the sense that I'm, I'm restoring life to my soul uh, and I'm worshiping God, uh, that's... That kind of that's the sweet spot I'm looking for. Yeah, Let, let's let's unpack that that rubric. That was really helpful. So your your idea of Sabbath, um, that paradigm of is it worshipful and does it bring life? And um, one of the things I noticed in in our table discussion was um, the the implied in in the question of Ronald, should I be doing nothing? Um, underneath that, I noticed that um, a lot of the guys were associating the Sabbath with distraction. And so um, the Sabbath serves just the superficial uh, um, idea of, hey, I just got to get my mind out of work. I just got to get my mind onto something that's not work-related. And to some sense, that is true. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, uh, mental health, physical health, emotional health, uh, you, you can't be bringing, you, you can't be quote-unquote on all the time, right? Right. But, but it, it's, it's more than that, right? The, the, the the Sabbath serves a more pointed and purposeful um, uh, purpose than distraction from life. Uh, I think better reframed, uh, it's worshipful, it's, it's attention to God. So it's a moment where we come to rest, we come to uh, empty ourselves of our responsibilities and entrust ourselves to um, God's provision and, 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 and therefore, so worship is associated with uh, what we're doing, hence the practice of the church for um, the past two millennia of, of combining the idea of corporate worship with that Sabbath rest, right? Right. Um, how, how has that changed in this past year? So you mentioned earlier that, that 
um, it's been it's been about a year journey for you yeah, guys. Yeah, a year. Um, how how has that changed? So yeah, a few things. Um, first of all, just kind of philosophically, yeah, there are all kinds of benefits, physical, mental health benefits to Sabbath. I, I remember in one of the books that I read preparing for this talk, talking about Seventh-day Adventists and how they mm -hmm. live on average 10 years longer than the average uh, American, which is really, which is about the number of Sabbaths you get in that lifespan, by the way. Yeah, wow. So, so it's literally, it's like days you get back at the end of things, right? Um, so I think there are some real big, like if you never rest, that's just, you know, and, and it's funny, almost every book that I read on the topic was written by somebody who didn't do it um, and drove, drove, drove. A few of them were pastors um, and then they just broke because they didn't have any rest. So there is definitely benefit that God bakes into rest that is good for us on a physiological, mental level. Um, but that's, that's not the ultimate end of the Sabbath. The ultimate end of the Sabbath is to enjoy God and his creation. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, we pray before every single meal when we when we eat pretty much um and there might be one where we forget here or there if it's a kind of a ragged sitting down at dinner type of night um uh, we but we pray before dinner every, every night but there's not a like i don't have a more meaningful prayer over my food than pancake sunday when i sit down it's my first meal of sabbath and i just i'm thankful to god for bringing me to another sabbath and for the fact that pancakes are freaking delicious. Uh, and, and I'm just genuinely thankful for God bringing me to this point. And I'm, it's like such a soul-filling moment. I just sit there quietly and do it for about 10 <laughs> seconds. And it fills my soul. It's, the, it's, it's one of the closest moments I have every single week with God is praying before I eat my pancakes. And you, you might think it's silly. But man, there's something about knowing that God cares about me. He cares enough to bring me to another week. And he cares enough to have pleasure and delight in the world for me to enjoy. And I and I, I make a special point there of of delighting in the giver and not the gift, mm -hmm. you know. Let me let me ask you uh, a dad listening to um, this podcast and and he would be asking the question, you know, how, how do I get started? Like like what, what would be an easy practical way to, to kind of sneak into the practice of observing Sabbath? Uh, so the first thing I do is I sit down and talk to my wife. Say, hey, here's something I'm here's something I'm really thinking about. I think it could serve our family well. Uh, a couple reasons. First of all, it's a fun conversation. You're gonna have lots of conversations with your wife that aren't fun sometimes. <laughs> you know, you're gonna have like big planning conversations, financial planning conversations, um, weekly scheduling type things that can be hard and 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 you grind kind of yeah. wants and needs against each other. Sabbath is like, hey, I wanna have a day where I feel my soul filled with life and you do too and so do the kids. Let's brainstorm about how to do that. And uh, you know, I mentioned this in an email I sent out, like pour a glass of wine, sit down, enjoy a snack one evening after the kids are bed and just talk about what a great day would look like for your family through that rubric of, of worship and restfulness and, and life giving. Um, so start there because here's the thing is if you don't, so first of all, it's do it because it's fun. It's a great conversation to have, but then also because you could be overlooking something in terms of how it's implemented on what day and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and also because if you don't communicate this and just sit around one Sunday, seeming like you're ignoring all the needs and you haven't communicated yeah. what, what the plan is, uh, you're going to look like a bum. Um, and then you're going to have a different conversation about Sabbath. So let's have a good preemptive conversation. Say, hey, how do we do this together as a family? 
Uh, so that's how I'd start. I'd start with a conversation. Uh, and then you can bring the kids and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. What are What's one or two things, kids, that you would really enjoy to do on a Sunday? Uh, with me, you know, without me, whatever it is. So like my kids love to wrestle on the trampoline. So like I said, that's not super wrestling for me. I've got a, I've got a gimpy shoulder now. It hurts. Yeah. It's not fun, uh, except for I get to enjoy being with them. But it's hard sometimes. Like I don't feel like doing that all the time. But I want to I want them to feel some of that life. Uh, board games is another one. Uh, reading those are all things that they I want them to feel like they have some say in what's enjoyed on a Sabbath day yeah. too. Yeah. Now now here's a question I'm going to ask on behalf of um, one of the guys that was in my table. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but uh, David Loria made this statement of, um, you know, the idea of Sabbath and his kids, they, they they just don't go together. You know, his kids are not restful. So yeah. how, how could we serve uh, hypothetically guys like David Loria? Yeah, and that's tricky. You know, Dave, Dave works from the house, I believe. He's still working from home. And He's around his kids a lot. So Sabbath, you know, for me as a dad who typically works out in the office and then comes home, I don't see my kids all week. And so it's just restful being around them. Yeah. As long as I'm in the right mindset, it is. Um, if you work at home all day and you've got four rambunctious boys, right? <laughs> uh, I get it. I think part of it is is reframing what rest is, kind of some of the conversation we've had. Like, what yeah. do you want to do with the boys? Like, you know, when I think about it, why is playing a board game with my kids stressful sometimes on a weekday? Well, because I'm thinking about all the other things that I have to do. Um, I have to do this thing in the yard. I have to do this work. Um, I have to get to bed. I have all these things that have to get done. And I'm trying to cram these, you know, 45 minutes of enjoyment into 15 minutes. And I'm trying to, and I'm irritable and I'm snappy with my kids because they're not, they're not with the program, right? Um, Sabbath is a day where I don't have anything else pulling on me. So whether, you know, we're a board game family, but maybe you're a, hey, play, play ball in the backyard type of family. Maybe you're, uh, you know, even playing a video game family. You know, I, I can see that. But what is, you know, I would encourage dads to think, what does it look like to enjoy my kids without those other stressors? Because I think at the end of the day, most of us, I, I dare say all of us, love our kids and love being around them. What we don't love is the tension of, I want to be with my kids. I want to enjoy this time with them. But... I'm being pulled by all these other things. Yeah. Sabbath is a day to sever those strings to all the things that are pulling at us and enjoy our families and enjoy just the world that God's given us. And it that takes work. It takes work to not feel that pull. That you know, it's almost like the phantom phone ring on your you know you feel that buzz in your pocket <laughs> when your phone's not even there. It takes a minute for me still, like when I'm sitting down to play a game with the kids, to dial down and be like, there is no place else I need to be right. There's nothing else I need to do. Nothing else is calling on me. I can just enjoy this. And if it takes longer and if the kids are goofy and if no, the, you know, if the game doesn't get finished, none of that matters. What matters is that I enjoy this, you know, this 45 minutes, hour, however long it is with my kids in this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, the only the only other thing I, I would add to the discussion of Sabbath is is it's interesting when, when you read the passages um, concerning the Sabbath, whether it's Genesis or, or Deuteronomy um, the, the, the details around how to observe the passage are notoriously vague. Yeah. Um, there's, there's not a whole lot of, obviously not working is a key feature of what you don't do on the Sabbath. So you do not work. Um, but that's about it. Uh, and so if you look at that first G Genesis text, 
the only detail that Genesis affords us as it relates to, to the Sabbath is God called that day holy, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and Moses then, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, brings out some more of these details concerning, hey, don't work, and, and it specifies work. So, so um, some of the guys ask questions about um, real, real minutia level questions, real, hey, can I do this? Can I not do this? And, and I think I, I would say that Sabbath, on the very basic principle, we, we, we would agree that the Sabbath at least means whatever means of provision um, you are responsible for, i.e. work. Mm -hmm. So if you're a guy who works in the office, if you're a guy who is a an athlete, if you're a guy who, who whatever it is that you would quote-unquote call work, mm -hmm. take a rest from that. Yes. Um, at the very least. But then there are other creative ways that you could go about observing the Sabbath I even had one of the guys ask, uh, uh, "So can I can I split it up in days? Like can, can I can I do the Sabbath on Monday one hour, the, on Tuesday one hour, on, th on Wednesday um, one hour?" And and I, I would say, you know, I, I'm not sure that's how that works. Well, um, yeah, I, I don't think that. So here's the first issue with that. I think you're not you're probably not working every single hour that you're awake. Sure. Yeah. So. So that seems kind of honestly, if I'm honest, kind of like a cop out because <laughs> uh, you're already doing that anyway. Um, now, what I will say in favor of that, though, is, and, and I don't remember which author, I've read a bunch of books on Sabbath, and they all kind of blend together, if I'm honest, um, but talking about how Sabbath starts to mess with the rest of your week, how you begin to view the rest of your week differently. Yeah. And so you're more comfortable, if you have a day when your phone is off and the office can't reach you, you feel more comfortable with your phone being off for an hour a day yeah. uh, for the rest of the days of the week. Um, it... It can, like I said, it can start new habits in you. Yeah. Um, there's lots of good things I think that it can sprinkle into the rest of your week, but I think dedicating some time to, hey, this this time is marked off, is reserved, yeah. and ideally, and set on the same day every week, if that's at all possible. I know there's some guys that do some weird, um, you know, nurses. I know sometimes have some weird schedules where right. like I'm on for ten days and off for ten days. You're gonna have to work around that. The, you know, that's just kind of a, a hazard of your, of your life. My wife works on call. She might work on a Sunday here or there, you know, because that's that's the nature of her work. Um, but for the most part, having a day that you're setting aside means that if you try to put it in last, and be like, oh, we'll fit it in like uh, like Thursday, Friday, something like that. You're not going to do it. You're just, yeah. You just won't. Yeah. 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 I would encourage guys to to think a lot simpler and a lot more obvious when it comes to how to observe the Sabbath. Um, if, if you're the type of family who maybe for whatever reason comes to church once a month, um, maybe double that and say twice a month and, and work towards three types, three times a month. And you're observing the Sabbath by resting from work and coming to church and, and begin there, begin the entryway of revolving your week around that weekly gathering on church. And then that leaves you the afternoon figuring out, well, what do you, what, what do we do in the afternoon hours? And, and, well, there's a whole bunch of ideas that, Nick has already uh, thrown out. So um, any other final thoughts on, on Sabbath? Um, you know, just, uh, you know, and I kind of said this before, it's, it really can be a game changer. As, as AJ Sabota said, nobody ever, he never met anybody who's used to Sabbath. Yeah. Um, and we've been better and worse at it over certain, you know, phases of the last year and a half or so. Um, but it really, for me, it's, it's a way of reframing my whole week. It's, uh, starting about Thursday or so, I really start looking forward to it. Um, 
and not in like a TGIF kind of like, you know, <laughs> right. um, but in a, I can't wait for that. You know, I can't wait for that rest. I can't wait. You know, it's so even like the kids, you know what it's like when you're a dad and you're busy, it's easy to say maybe later, right? Um, hey dad, can we play a game? Maybe later. Um, yeah, I'm really busy. I'm trying to work things out. Um, it's much more tangible and concrete to say, hey, let's schedule that for Sabbath. Let's you and me do that. Um, this Sunday while mom's taking a nap, let's go play that game. Um, or, you know, let's let's work on art together. Whatever thing your kids do, um, you know, having things that you schedule gives them something to look forward to as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really, that's huge. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, appreciate um, the insight and the foresight of bringing in um, such a rich topic. It, it, it provided a really help, helpful um, conversation point um, with the guys in, 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 in my table. But um, let me continue with my hosting duties and, and see if we can transition to um, what, what are you hearing that, that you know, uh, guys are wanting to talk about, questions they're asking. It's been, what, three or four POPs meetings by now. Mm -hmm. Um, what's, what's, what are some of the questions you're hearing asked? Um, so yeah, so we, we are getting, honestly, most of the feedback I'm getting, I'm not getting as many questions as I would like, cause those give great material for future talks. <laughs> uh, I'm getting lots of, I've, I've gotten really a good bit of, of just response from a bunch of guys. So thank you guys who have sent me texts, emails, uh, guys who have, who have either never been or have only been like once and yeah. sending me text saying, Hey, I've listened to every single thing you've put out. Oh, cool. Uh, so that, yeah, that's exciting to me. I, I, I'm not a pad the numbers kind of guy. I want to see more guys in there every week, uh, not because it makes me look better because I get a bonus if I get yeah. like 40 guys in there or something, but just because I think the things that we're talking about matter. Yeah. And, I, and the things that, uh, you know, I I don't think it's just me being self-deprecating to say I think that that mine was, <laughs> I love the topic, but I think my talk wasn't as good as, as uh, the, the few before me. And I just, I think guys could do well to hear what David said about prayer, to hear what Keith said about your kids being individuals and you being an individual, to hear what Aaron said about social media and knowing your kids. And and I think that those are huge topics for dads. And like I've said, if you're thinking about, if it's, I, I put parenting in one of those categories, kind of like uh, money or mm. diet, yeah. where if you're even thinking about it, you're ahead of like 80% of the population. Right. And, and what... And having got dads who are listening to this stuff or who are attending meetings, what that tells me is that they're thinking about this stuff. And that's a good sign for their families. Uh, I've had a couple of dads say, oh, like they'd see me at church the next day. Like, oh, man, I totally forgot about Pops. Or I was going to be there, but this happened. Or I wasn't feeling well. And I'm like, that's okay. As long as as long as you feel the need to apologize to me for being there, yeah. for not being there, that means it's taking up some kind of mental space in you. And that's what I want. I want yeah. you thinking about this stuff as a dad. So... Uh, now, questions I have gotten, uh, I did get a fun question about Sabbath involving vacation and Sabbath and whether okay. how, how you Sabbath on vacation. Uh, and I was like, I've never thought about that. We took a long vacation and it kind of was like an extended Sabbath to a certain degree. We still did commerce. We still, you know, we, it wasn't like um, a complete uh, disengagement from the world for 10 days. Um, but the feeling of separating ourselves from gainful employment and spending time together, enjoying each other, enjoying God's world. Um that was there, uh, you know, that was the goal of that. So uh, that was probably, that's one of the more interesting questions I've gotten where he asked that. I was like, I had no idea that was coming. I've never even thought about that, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I, I appreciate the the setting this has created. Um, 
you know, to sit around the table and talk to guys uh, in the same stage of life that you and I are in. Um, and, and I'll tell you, uh, I'm finding out more and more um, as my, my oldest is 10, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, as, I'm, as I'm watching Adelaide get older and, and start jumping into those preteen years, uh, it's, it's becoming more and more obvious to me that I have zero control over my children. Um, now, they listen to me. Uh, they have to. But when it comes to control over their hearts, oh. um, control over their will, control over what they want to do, um, it's just non-existent. And, um, and it's been challenging. Um, it, parenting by yourself is, is a hard thing. Uh, be, being a dad with no reference is, is you're putting yourself uh, in a position you don't have to be. Uh, you get to sit once a month with guys and just hear conversations, hear struggles, hear tips, hear, hey, this worked for us, this didn't work for us. I've had that exchange a number of times where yeah. I've heard I've heard one of the dads say, you know, my, my kid was struggling with this, and, and that happens to be what my kid is struggling with now. And, you know, we tried this, we tried this, and I'm like, yeah, we, we did that. And it was a, it was a source of, of, of refreshment. Um, and then also, guys... Listen, um, we may not be getting Angel's pancakes, uh, but uh, there's really good breakfast. So breakfast was, was the best it's been this, it's this was time. Very, very good. Yeah. So one thing you know, you talked about the, that commiseration element. Yeah. Uh, if I go back to the genesis of Pops, which was a meeting sitting around Dave Batten's table with a bunch of other dads that I would consider good dads, uh, not scrubs by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> all of whom just sitting around looking at each other, be like, "Man, this is hard, and I stink at it." But at the same time, me looking at these other dads and thinking, you're really good at that. I'm terrible at that. You're really good at that. Um, you're really good at that. You're really good at that. Um, and seeing, I think it's easy as a dad, again, if you're thinking about it, if you're intentional as a dad, it's easy to see your weaknesses. It's yeah. easy to see what you're not good at because that's that's the stuff that eats at you. Right. That's where you hit your frustration points. Um, and it's easy to miss what you're good at. And... Uh, and it's not, it's not uncommon for me to sit down with another dad and just be like, have them say, oh, you're really good at this. Or have somebody say, hey, I heard you say this. That was really great. Yeah. Um, and I could say, man, you did that. I, I'm so bad at that. How do you do that? Um, you know, here's a great example. So this coming month, Ben Derensburg's teaching, which I'm excited about. He's, he's going to talk about patience. We're going to sit down and talk about it tomorrow. He and I are going to grab some lunch together and chat about this. Patience and managing expectations with your kids. I'm awful at that. Um, <laughs> I, I used to not, I feel like I, I've developed a worse and worse kind of hair triggered temper yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my irritability has dialed up and it's probably a lot of those, kind of we're talking about sap, it's a lot of those exterior things pulling right. at me, right? Right. Um, I want to hear what this guy, because right. I watched this guy, I'm like, man, he seems like he's just always just in the pocket right, when it comes right. to, when it comes to his disposition yeah. with the kids. Yeah. Um, Things that I'd want to throttle my kids for, things that he probably I'd want to throttle his kids for. Right. Um, but I'm excited to hear what he has to say about just how he manages those expectations for his kids and how it helps him to keep an even keel uh, and yeah. be a fun dad. When as a dad, I struggle with that. Yeah. Am I the worst dad in the world? Nope. But I feel like man, that that guy right there, I can learn something from. And he probably has heard something from the other dads. Is like, man, I yeah. stink at that, but I can try putting that on. Yeah. You know, so that's the point is, is we want to, we want to honor God with the stuff that we're talking about and we want to encourage each other and we want other dads to hear and say, Hey, uh, yeah, I, I'm terrible at that. 
I'm going to put these things on. Or maybe get a, a, hear a dad get up and say, hey, do these things. And they're like, you know what? I actually already do those things. Maybe maybe I come away encouraged because yeah. I've actually got some good practices in place. Yeah. Well, let me let me give you an, another example of that. So we, we're a very dynamic family. My kids love to be outside, be outdoors. Um, my, my daughters have never met strangers uh, which is really awkward when we do meet strangers and and so either we don't know those people smile and and then be nice but don't go tell them anything about your family, um and and so the, our girls love to play outdoors they, they they they're social creatures right right so reading hasn't been something that we have gravitated to, um a lot reading fiction reading books as as a family, uh, d- devotionals have been a part of our life and typically different seasons I've, I've either led a quick devotional in the morning or, or devotional d- during lunch but actually opening up a, a book like a fiction book and reading it to the family was n- not something I did until you Nick uh, encouraged me and gave me the um, name of a series of books and and sure enough we started um, the uh, we, we actually finished an entire series of book, uh, C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. Read all seven books. Uh, took us about six months, and close yeah, to the faster end, than me. Uh, I, I think it took us six months. Maybe it took us longer. It, it was it was during COVID, so you know, yeah, um, had, had extra time. Um, but you um, you mentioned um, uh, Andrew Peterson's. Um, oh my gosh, what's this? He was called again. Wingfeather. Wingfeather Saga, and uh, we started the first of the uh, of the Wingfeather Saga uh, on. Um, uh, about a week ago, mm-hmm. and um, we did something different. We had we we brought all the family into the bedroom, and it, it's been a really really rich time um, where I've seen a different dimension of my kids. Uh, I I was ap- utterly shocked that they actually sat still. Uh, my five year old son has autism and he sits still. My one year old will sit there and and Andrea will uh, hold her and. And they get to listen to me read a book for 30, 45 minutes every night and, and you know, talk about a sabbatical, quote unquote, just a really rich experience that I would not have come up with on my own and that you kind of provided that for me. So thank you, bro. Yeah. Uh, but this is the type of stuff that these meetings um, produce uh, where ideas are kind of generated and you kind of pick up on those ideas. You apply them to your family. If they fit, great. If they don't, we'll try something else. But um, nothing but good things have, have resulted in in those conversations. Yeah, and, and read aloud is a topic that was on my list of topics that I was just, as Angel and I were brainstorming, pops topics. Um, read aloud was, was a topic that was on, on my agenda. I don't know that it quite hit the threshold of being an actual talk at one of the pops meetings, but uh, I think that read aloud with your kids is such a huge deal. And you may think I'm not a reader. I, I'm thinking of another dad who doesn't, he, he had to move, so he doesn't live here anymore. Um, but talking about how bad he was at reading aloud. And I was like, <laughs> dude, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. his wife did read aloud. That's fine. Um, I, I think it's interesting that you have, have Andrea in on your, your read aloud. We have, every once in a while, Angel will come up and hang out with us. Uh, I view read aloud in a slightly different uh, way in which it's a time for mom to check out. So she checks out. Now, she may go downstairs and read a novel. When my wife gets into a novel, she's into one right now. Um, and when she gets into a novel, like, she she is all in. She is just headfirst into books when she gets into them. And so she'll go down and read, and I'll. it's a chance for her to clock out of mom mode, to be a human being for an hour, um, and to kind of decelerate into bedtime 
as opposed to dealing with kids constantly going into bedtime. Um, so for me, I started it early on and it was something for a while I would read separately. I'd read first to Emmett, who's younger, and then I'd read to my big ones. Uh, and then eventually it just it started taking too much time. Um, and there were other things, exercise, some other things that I needed to get into my evenings. And so I've consolidated them and we read together now. Uh, but it's such a, it's such a great time to to read good stuff, to read, I like to read stuff that's challenging for me. We could talk about what we've read with our kids. I'd love to have that conversation. Um, but to read challenging stuff and bring up sometimes difficult conversations. And it's a good place to have those conversations. So sometimes we won't read a ton. We'll get halfway through a chapter and a topic will come up that may be a heavy topic. And it's a chance for us to sit down and talk through what that is. And, yeah. you know, questions of honor, of, of uh, abuse, yeah. of... Uh, even just like duty, like some of these things that 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 discussing through bigger issues, empathy, yeah. uh, f- fiction specifically. We've done a few biographies that I've really loved, um, but fiction can really kind of open up a kid to another world besides their own and help them to see that world. Yeah. You know, um, and there's there's and there's entryways into this, right? So if 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 you if there's a dad listening to this going. Man, I've got no hope for my kids sitting still. Uh, we've never read. I, I don't know how to do it. Um, uh, John Piper wrote a book called Don't Waste Your Life. Uh, don't waste your Disney movies. Um, th- there's watching movies as a family um, are, are just significant moments when you dads can do exactly the same thing you would do with books, except with movies and and bring out some themes. Um, um, some of the better movies for kids out there uh, that communicate have rich themes about family, about friendship, about relationships, about um, honor, like you said, about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, th- th- there is still a clear category for good and evil in both movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a good category for rebellion and for obedience and for trouble and for righteousness. And uh, I'm telling you guys, you will have, um, we want to normalize conversations. Uh, about life with our kids and we want to use every means possible and you know it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna you know go, go buy yourself a pulpit and kind of install it in your in your kitchen uh, and every night at 6 p.m you're gonna get up on your pulpit and say thus saith the Lord now family your father speaketh yeah. uh, it's probably not gonna work that way start watching good kids movies with them um, start watching um, we, we watched Harry Potter with our kids for for oh gosh too many times now but uh harry potter served us a, a wonderful moment of of being able to to th- they knew who the bad guy was uh and uh jk rowling did a really good job of of of, of portraying virtues like friendship and love and it, it was just easy for me to take those virtues and point them to christ and and take the 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 non-virtues and point them to evil and, and, and Satan. So if you're not ready to jump in books just yet, uh, I would encourage you to just get over and do it. But if you really can't, um, start with movies. Uh, so my, my family, something we do, um, fr- Friday is family movie night. Yeah. And um, we, we will order pizza and watch a movie and... Um, and and now that Disney has kind of remade all their movies live action, we get to recycle Lion King or Beauty and the Beast or, or, or whatnot. And and sure enough, the, those movies serve 10, 15, 20 minutes of conversation after that movie is done. Uh, and then you'll find out that you'll run out of movies. At some point, you will run out of movies to watch, right? 
well, maybe that's the opportune time to stick in a book. Yeah, uh, on the Disney remakes, I'll probably have to turn my, turn my man card in after this one, but <laughs> far and away the best one is Cinderella. Uh, if, you're, if you and your girls haven't watched the remake of Cinderella, it really is fantastic. Gentlemen, I am extending my hand over to Nick and, and requesting the man card, and he has handed it over. Uh, it's really great. Um, but, uh, you know, actually, movies is a gateway to books. One of my favorite read-aloud books that I've ever done with my kids, and I've done it with, I know Evangeline and I did it, and I know Emmett and I did it. I don't know that, I think it may have missed Atticus at some point in time. Um, started off as a movie that Evangeline watched, I'm not kidding, on average of 1.5 times per day for the first couple of, well, like between when she was like one and two, um, which retrospectively, terrible parenting, letting my kid watch this movie every single day. Uh, that said, it's a fantastic movie. And it's a beautiful movie and it's peaceful, which, you know, in a world where kids are like getting nothing but like Dora the Explorer and like super annoying, loud, obnoxious stuff. Uh, the Tale of Despero uh, yeah. is a fantastic movie. And the book is, is I, I would say, if you're going to start with a read aloud book, Especially if you want something that that covers a wide variety of ages. Let's say you've got kids like me, me, like my four to ten year old range. Uh, there is something in that book for everybody. It's accessible. Um, it reads well to a four year old as a basic story, and it's got a lot of really rich moral um, teaching and illustration for your eight, nine, ten year olds. Um, I love it. And so Evangeline, my ten year old, is the writer of the crew. She's the one who will sit and write books and uh and i'm probably biased but i there she's written stuff that's like made my wife cry in terms of how well written it is uh she doesn't write great write great storylines yet but her words and her sentences and her paragraphs are all really good and i think part of it is that just reading her good stuff um so reading her good stuff handing her good stuff to read and not just giving her garbage and having her just spit that garbage um, so books that I think are written in an interesting way. So Kate DiCamillo, who wrote The Tale of Despero, breaks the fourth wall and talks to the reader uh, sometimes. Um, and I think interesting writing styles like that, it's good for me to put in my, in my kids' hands and say, you see how she does this? You see how the, the author does this? Uh, so that's a great first book if you want to read to your kids and start, if you've got a kind of a wide age range. Um, you know, the series that you mentioned, Wing Feather, uh, I'm, I think I told you this. I'm glad you read Narnia first because it just, I think it just blows Narnia away, which is sacrilege, I know. Um, but Narnia feels two-dimensional to me after the richness that Andrew Peterson puts into his books, which is amazing because they're the only fiction books he has, he's ever written. Um, and really, they're the first books he's ever, he'd ever written, fiction or nonfiction. But uh, again, put great stuff in your kids' hands. Read them great stuff. Um, you know, I think another big deal is knowing your kids, right? So your kids love Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. They like the magic, the the excitement, the you know uh, the spectacle of it, right? Um, my, you know, your kids may not like that, right? So other people's kids may not be into that. Uh, if your kids are into into like swashbuckling adventure, yeah, Wingfeather's got it. Uh, Narnia has that for for a lot of the books. Um, but your kids might like like down home, homey stories, right? Just like stories of a neighborhood. And I have to balance that because Evangeline likes the down home stories. Yeah. So um, books like books by Eleanor Estes, um, her Ginger Pie and Pinkie Pie series, um, or uh, the Vanderbeeker series, or the Penderwicks. Like these are books that that she loves. 
Uh, and don't don't overlook the classics either, like Winnie the Pooh, for example. Like Emmett loves Winnie the Pooh, and they're really well written and they're enjoyable to read. And that's the thing. I tell parents the same thing as about about shows that you put you put on for your kids. There are good shows, and there is hot garbage out there. <laughs> um, you get to pick what's on your TV. Yeah. If like I don't want to hear you complaining about your kid watching Caillou or Dora or whatever their hot garbage is out there. Because there's legitimately great things out there on right. TV and in the movies. Uh, Despero's one, Bluey as a TV show. Love if you're not watching Bluey, Bluey you've got to be watching Bluey. Bluey's guys. the best dad on TV, hands down. Um, Tumble Leaf on Amazon Prime. Uh, there's great stuff out there that is enriching and beautiful and well crafted. Uh, and if your kids, and, and if you set that bar for your kids, like, by the way, this is what good stuff is. Right. Uh, they notice it. They notice it early on and they'll notice like, my kids don't have interest in bad TV. Yeah. They're like, this is dumb. I don't like this. Yeah. Um, same thing with books though. Although, although, um, you know, we, we live in that weird generation where our kids have access to, you know, kind of, kind of real, real refined palate tasting type of entertainment. Um, and then they also have, you know, endless YouTube videos of kids literally playing with toys or, or unboxing toys. Okay. Or, and I'm like, I, I, my, my, my daughter will watch, you know, uh, Star Wars, uh, Adelaide, and, and she loves Star Wars and she loves Harry Potter and she, she loves. But then she'll watch, you know, 15 minutes of, of, a, of a YouTube channel where it's someone, you know, putting makeup on. I don't know their toes or something. I'm going. This is ridiculous. So know your kids. Uh, know your kids for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. If your kids like goofy stuff, like if you actually got goofy kids, I joke that Evangeline is my is my David Spade. Atticus is my Chris Farley. <laughs> right. Evangeline is the is the witty. Um, does he live in play. a van down the river? He does not live. Uh, sometimes it gets close. I'm, I'm about to put him in there. Sometimes. No, but seriously, he is the big, loud, physical humor. Um, and so for him, goofy stuff does connect. So even things like the books of Roald Dahl, which have goofiness and kind of silliness as a part of them. Um, some of the wind of the willows has some of that too. Um, those, those connect to them, but you know what else it is another, another subject. So my favorite type of books to read or listen to are like survival epics, right? Okay. So, um, books like Unbroken, the story of, of Louis Zamperini, um, Skeletons in the Zahara, which is one of my favorites about this guy who just gets stuck out in the Sahara Desert as a, now, as do a you, chef's do you captain. read these books or do you read them to the family? I read them. But there are there are books in that genre for kids. Um, one of them is probably the, the greatest one is Hatchet by Gary Paulson. I'd say that's for your older kids, 7 to 10, because it's pretty rough. Um, survival in the wilderness is is rough. Um, and there's some thematic elements that are not not explicit or anything, but are are heavy, and are going to you know breed conversations. There's another one, Holes, which won a Newbery Award. There was a movie made of it with Shia LaBeouf, the, right? Yeah, that was a fun movie. Uh, that book is fantastic. That book is so good, and you deal with elements like racism is in that book, um, and you deal with honor in that book, and you deal with perseverance and commitment and. Um, and your kids might might wind up liking my daily onions after you read. They them. might, yeah, um, the best kind of onion, if you don't count shallots. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So again, know your kids because those like those survival books drew Atticus in because he likes that you know that outdoorsy. He's my outdoorsman, right? Yeah. So knowing what you know, if you can find that cross section of 
of good literature with my kids' interests. That's the key. And I'll be honest, like I like we said, I'm not I'm not the world's best dad. I, there are lots of things that I look at every day to be like, man, I just I just do did not do today well, did not do that thing well. Um I've been I've been by the grace of God um, really consistent in reading with my kids since early, early age. It's, it is one of my favorite parts of my day. Uh, I don't see them all day. I don't get to spend hours with them uh, or as, you know, depending on how they are that day, I don't have to spend hours with them. <laughs> I get this consolidated time and it's a great time for us to sit and share and relate to one another on a really close, just quiet, intimate level. Um, and it, it is a true joy. I kind of, if it's, if I haven't done it in a few days, if schedules have been hectic, I just miss it. Um, and I really, you know, I can't wait to get back in there, for, you know, to, to unfold this new story with them. I love reading things that I never got to read as a kid mm -hmm. uh, that I missed. And so it's like, yeah, let's read The Secret of Nim. Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed <clears throat> it's It's interesting that you bring that up. You know, I, I was a jock, man. I, I played sports. I was in school, and when I wasn't in school, I was in some sports team. Um, so I, I didn't gravitate towards books just because I gravitated towards physical activity. So I, I missed out on on a lot of this good literature that now I'm reading to my kids, and I'm I'm really enjoying that. I'm like, oh, cool! This is a really cool cool book. So yeah, for sure, totally. Um, so yeah, if you have questions about this, like this is one of those topics. Sabbath is kind of one. Um, Counseling is one, and and read aloud. Honestly, is another one that if you if you pull the string on me, words are going to come out, and you're going to have to tell me to shut up, which Ronald Ronald's probably have to do soon at the end of this podcast. Um, but seriously, if you have questions about how to read aloud, what to read aloud, uh, there's great lists out there. I'll try to send out when I when I send a link to this, I'll send a link out to Read Aloud Revival, which has some Read Aloud Revival, which has some great book lists. Um, but I would I I would love to chat with you about the best best way to go about this and make this connection with your kids. And like I said, either bring your wife in like Ronald does and, and have it be a full family experience or be like, honey, you clock out. I'll see you in an hour. We're going to, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do teeth brushing and PJs and showers and read aloud. And you can just chill for the next hour and a half and, and get, you know, get a little bit of rest after, you know, a hard day of, of parenting. Yeah. Um, however you decide to do it. Uh, if you got questions about it, I, I really love talking about it. It's one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, that's that's that that's the aim, and and everything we're talking about. You know, you you said make connections with your kids, right? You, as dads, we're seeking to, we're seeking an entryway into our kids' hearts. Mm -hmm. um, we're 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 we're, we're seeking. We're trying to do more than just create responsible people. We're after their hearts. We're after a. There's a relationship that we're trying to. Uh, um, care for and nurture and uh, allow to grow and and these activities help in that process. I'm telling you guys, ever since I started reading with my kids, reading led to talking about things. Talking about things led to um, conversations being normal, which I've noticed a discernible difference in when my kids now come and they ask me questions out of the blue. Daddy, what about this? Daddy, I heard this. Um, I've I've always been very open. I've always been very w welcoming uh, to them. But reading to the family is something that we picked up recently, and I'm I'm already noticing that this was a a wonderful tool to create an environment where my kids saw me 
as a source of things. Yeah. Uh, and it was it's, it's been re really rich having them ask me questions as I'm driving down the street. Uh, they're asking me questions about faith, about people, about about gross stuff. Um, but they're asking questions. So don't don't guys don't ever miss the opportunity uh, to answer a question your kids ask. No matter what it is you're doing, how busy it is you are, how frustrated it is you are, when your kids ask a question, um, take a time to know their hearts. Um, yeah, in a way, it's kind of like expository preaching and that in theory once you start a book you're you're married to it right so you're yeah. going and it's going to hit things and obviously this is why you kind of pre-screen books make sure it's not completely beyond them in terms of scope or, or material um but you know if if racism comes up in a book it's like oh we're, we're going to talk about that they're probably going to ask some questions about that um i we actually you know what i've really enjoyed we just started reading a little over a week ago we started reading the princess bride the actual book uh, which is a fake book uh, in a real book, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, but there's some romance in that. That like I've got a ten year old daughter. That so this is probably going to poke some things. There's probably going to be some conversations there. Um, but I'm ready for that. I'm excited about those conversations. And I still get the swashbuckling and and right. Dread Pirate Roberts elements of of that book as well. Um, it's it's a great film, obviously, and so it's really interesting to see where the where the comparisons are, where they're similar, where they're different. For Maya, and they've never seen the movie. Um, but it, again, I just know there's topics in there that are going to springboard conversations and get to know them and get to instruct them on some things. Wonderful. Well, guys, we've learned so much in this um, podcast. Uh, we reviewed the Sabbath. We talked about some practical ways to ob uh, observe uh, the Sabbath. We uh, shared some dad tips when it comes to reading and, and connecting with our kids. Uh, uh, and we also learned that Nick sleeps with no socks. Uh, so that was uh, something. Nobody I, likes clammy toes. I, I, di I didn't know. Um, uh, Nick, any any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, just this next pops is uh, May 22nd or May 22th, if you got the old uh, announcement card. Again, it's going to be Ben, ben Derensborg. Uh, you may know him as Commander Ben. Commander Ben. Commander Ben, uh, talking about patience and managing expectations with your kids um, and how to love your kids by, by being... Uh, patient long suffering with them which is huge and it's a great way to illustrate the love of god for them yep. so i'm super excited to have this conversation with him tomorrow we're going to get some good food for lunch too which i'm excited about uh and then uh so it's going to be may 22nd 8 30 at church as usual and then i'll be able to sit down with him and have a podcast with him and hopefully another dad is my goal to have two dads on this podcast uh who i think of as the two most fun dads i know so cool and that's it I'm not really sure what happened to the last five to ten seconds of that recording. I know I didn't stop it until after we were done talking, but for some reason they just disappeared into the ether. So uh, you didn't miss much. But I do want to thank Ronald for stepping in and hosting for me, and I want to thank you for listening. It means a lot when I hear that you guys are listening and that it's meaningful to you guys. So uh, until next time, thanks for listening to the Popscast. <laughs>